other people's emotions and how they present themselves and like just the vibes that they give off really do especially if you're an empath like Dev and I both are you really are so highly affected by those those energies um and so trying to surround yourself with people that are willing to not filter but willing to take a step back and respond in an appropriate way is hard it's hard to find people that are at that point where they're conscious of this topic as well. Um, I think that it's something that you really need to kind of be open about um, and kind of explain to especially anyone in your life that isn't going anywhere, anyone that you have like a serious relationship with, make sure that they know that this is something that you're trying to work on. guys what is up welcome back to another episode of blissful love with dev mcmahon and rachel lawrence oh god my voice my voice (laughs) really we are remote today guys so it's it's gonna be a rough ride but stick with us (laughs) we'll get through it the weather is wild so we decided to keep it keep it remote tonight and yeah we'll do do the thing yep Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Rach, what made you feel blissful today and how did you propel your love today? Um, so what made me feel blissful today? Um, coming home and seeing my dog Riggins playing in the snow after not seeing him all weekend. He's so funny. He's a six-month-old um, Burmese mountain dog. He's absolutely adorable um, and he loves the snow. It, he's like in his full element when it's snowing out so that just like made my day seeing him today he's so freaking cute um and how i propel my love today um today i feel like i propelled my love by um and this would kind of is going to tie into today's episode and everything too but i feel like i was very kind of open and upfront with people today about like how i was feeling and like what uh, emotions I was experiencing today. Um, That's something that I'm not usually always the best at and will kind of just feel all my feelings and let everyone else experience them and not really give them the respect to like explain to them like what's going on or why I'm feeling this way and blah, blah, blah. Um, And so I definitely had, like Dev was just saying, we're both just feeling off today, a little weird. And um, I've definitely felt very anxious all day. I pretty much woke up on the wrong side of the bed, um, if you could say that. I woke up really late. I was hoping to get up early today and get a bunch of stuff done, and I woke up late, and my first reaction to that was, like, jumping out of bed, got, like, full-blown into just anxiety mode, and I definitely took it out on Connor, um, which I felt really bad about. So I I just reached out to him a little earlier and was just, you know what, Like, I'm sorry I reacted to you that way. Like, that was not your fault whatsoever, but this is just how I'm feeling, and that just kind of sent me over the edge and not the best way to start the morning and blah, 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 but kind of just taking ownership of your feelings and your emotions and your reactions and um, making sure that the people around you 
are understanding what's going on and you're communicating well with them so that you can prevent further issues in your relationships and everything. So something I'm working on, but I think I did pretty well today despite having a a crappy emotional day. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I, I've. It's funny because I feel like our last episode, I was saying that about me with Jack. So we've all been there. And I think it's important to recognize it, especially when you recognize it as quickly as you did. Um, yeah. That's a good thing and a learning moment for everybody because we all, we all take out our frustration sometimes on the people that are closest to us, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, okay. What made me feel blissful today? I got my eyes dilated today for the first time ever. And it made me feel blissful because I finally got a prescription for my eyes that works for me. Since I was in sixth grade, I've had glasses and I always just thought like I couldn't see all the way with my glasses because they were like foggy or something, um, which is so ridiculous for me to say as an adult because obviously as an adult, I should recognize that I can't still fully see. Um, but I just feel like I am very tolerant of like annoyances, I guess, or like any pains or like things that go on with my body. I'm just tolerant of it. So I never really thought of it as like a big deal. I was just kind of like, oh, I can't really see that great. But like it's not mm-hmm. it's not making me not be able to function. So I kind of was just carrying on with life. So finally got my eyes dilated today and they figured out that my prescription was like way too weak for me. Um, got a good prescription. And I'm really excited about that. So that made me feel blissful that I will finally be able to see. Um, And how I propelled my love today, I kind of had a moment where I was feeling like internal annoyances um, again today. Just like as Rachel was saying, I would both kind of feeling like a little anxious and off um, and I caught myself in a, in a moment of reacting to Jack in a situation that wasn't necessarily needed at all, and it had nothing to do with him. It was my own issue. So um, I propelled my love by taking an extra second in my mind to kind of evaluate how I wanted to respond and then respond in a polite manner, um, which isn't always easy to do. So um, that's kind of how I propelled my love today, just taking taking the time for myself to think through um, each conversation that I went through with feeling anxious and feeling annoyed today um, and was able to kind of like bring myself back and realize like, hey, this is something that I'm dealing with and doesn't need to be protected. So let's propel love and happiness instead of propelling anger and mm-hmm. frustration. So Definitely. Yeah, that's my little piece. Um, what, what about what you're doing for yourself this week? Are you doing anything to take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally? Yeah. So actually in February, I am really trying to hone in on taking care of my body. Um, so I have like the Peloton and all the things and I do work out like pretty regularly, but I haven't been feeling like I've been working out to my full potential recently. And I definitely noticed those changes and everything in my body and how I feel. And I'm really just at a point where I want to get back to my healthiest self. So, um, money, uh, I can't speak. Um, some of you may have seen on my our story the other day, um, my friend Abigail Carnavali, she is a personal trainer. She works at Title Boxing in Norwood, and she is like a badass, has like an absolute rockin' bod. And she made me a February kind of like workout challenge um, to do this month. So I did my first day of that today, obviously, because we're recording on the first. And it just felt really good. 
um, to get in that like hard workout where you're like sweating and using muscles that you haven't used in a while. So I'm really grateful for her for doing that for me. It's really means a lot. And I'm excited to see how the month goes and how it makes me feel. And so that's what I'm kind of focusing on this week and this month, I guess. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That I feel like working out, especially in like a more high intensity capacity, um, always makes us feel super empowered and obviously getting the endorphins to allow our mental space to feel healthy as well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Good How about you? Um, I feel like I'm not really sure this specifically this week what I'm going to do for myself and I need to work on making that a priority like every single Sunday and I, I've been having a hard time with it because there's just so many things of life that mm-hmm. go into play each week and I'm like, oh, I just don't have time for it this week. But that's not true. Like I do have time. So I definitely need to figure something out. I think what I'm going to try to do though is read a book other than our book club book because I find myself sometimes getting into these ruts when I'm I mean, we both talk about this a lot with going down this journey that we're both on is um, getting into a rut of feeling like so emotionally exhausted and overwhelmed by all the different emotions and things that are coming to fruition for you that I get in my own head a lot. And I think that's what causes like my anxiety and my like angry attitude and persona. Mm-hmm. Um So some advice that my dad has been giving me over the years is to read a book that has nothing to do with anything personal, um, nothing to do with your studies, nothing to do with like self-growth or anything like that. Like read something that's mindless. Um, And I have so many books that I've been meaning to read. So I think that's going to be something that I try to do this week, whether it just be like a half an hour in the tub or something, but just trying to read something that can kind of take me away from everything else. Um, I think, yeah, I think maybe in February. And so, yeah. Um, and that's what I, I love having um, my book club with like my small group of friends at home as well, because we read very like normal, like random, like mysteries and stuff like that. And it's nice. Cause I feel like I can actually relax when I'm reading them because I'm not trying to take everything from it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like absorb all the information. I'm just like enjoying the read. And so I always feel really grateful to have that. That's so that's great. I think that will make you feel really good. Yeah, definitely. And it's 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 hard sometimes to like think of why we're feeling the way we're feeling or what we can do to make ourselves feel better when we're feeling good. Cause we're like, what do you mean? I feel fine. Like, why do I need to do something for myself? And that's another tricky thing for me that I find. Like last week I had a really great week. I was feeling really great. Um, I felt like I kept seeing all these signs from the universe and I felt like I was growing so much and I could feel the growth and see the growth. And then like, you know, I wasn't doing all the things that I was doing to get that got me there. So that's kind of where I get into the rut is, you know, you have to be consistent with taking the time for yourself. And I'm not saying, you know, reading a self-help book. I mean, everything away from that, like take a bath, go for a walk, go for a run, work out, uh, do a yoga class, like something that isn't getting you in your mind so much and causing you that discomfort within. So, um, yeah, I think I feel like you definitely pushed me in that area of like reading reading a book that's outside of the box of that. Um, you know, knowing how much it brings love and light to your life, I was like, I, I really need to do that. My dad's been saying it to me forever, so I'm like, all right, 
now's the time. I have a couple books that I know I want to get to. So I'm going to do it and see how it goes. And I'm sure I will love it. So I'm excited. Definitely, definitely you will. Yeah. Um, So yeah, all good things over here. (laughs) Here we go. So today we are talking about emotional responding. And I'm really excited to talk about this because as a behavior therapist and going through my master's program in ABA, this was a huge portion of our studies. So I'm really excited to get into this. And honestly, as much as I have information written about this and Rachel and I have been prepared to talk about this subject through our conversation. I feel like I'm even going to learn more about it because there's so much to emotional responding and everybody experiences it differently um, in every situation that they're in. So if anyone has any questions afterwards or things that they feel like they didn't connect to or things that didn't really make sense to them, like feel free to reach out to us. Obviously, we are not professional um, psychologists or nothing like that, but um, you know, we do really like to learn about the topics that we talk about, and sometimes we don't have all of the information. So if you listen to this and you're like, oh, I actually read a really good book about that or have a really great article about that or I have an experience with this or something, um, always feel free to reach out to us. We are always up for listening to all of your ideas and your thoughts on everything we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think the first point that we can kind of dive into it is I'm going to just talk on the classified categories of emotional responding and just kind of give like a little brief synopsis on each one. And then we can share our own experiences and um, maybe share some things that we feel connected to when it comes Mm -hmm. to what all of these categories entail. So there is adaptive, maladaptive, reactive, and instrumental responding. So the first one, adaptive. So adaptive is known as the healthy emotional response. So these are beneficial emotional responses to life. So for example, you might experience sadness of a loss, anger in response to violation, and fear of threat or all lead to needed needed change in powerful action. Sadness is a healthy response when it motivates us to reconnect with someone or something important that is missing. Anger is a healthy response when it motivates us to take assertive action to end a violation. Fear is a healthy response when it motivates us to avoid or escape a threat to our well-being. So those are adaptive, healthy, emotional responses. So that's kind of like taking the extra second, like I was saying earlier, taking that extra minute in your day to realize how a situation is making you feel and allowing yourself that time to sit and realize like, hey, this is how I feel, but this is just a feeling, and this is how I'm going to respond to help myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one is the obvious you should be doing it, but obviously we don't all do that all the time. The next one is maladaptive, and if you know what maladaptive means, then obviously this will be of no surprise that it is an unhealthy emotional response. So These are generally dysfunctional responses based on emotions conditioned from our past that are no longer useful and are often formed during traumatic experiences. A big example of this that I can can take from my life is um, dealing with like relationships, right? So Mm -hmm. not to say that I was in ever like a traumatic relationship or anything, but I definitely experienced relationships in my young adult life, like 18, 19, 20 that, um, you know, 
we had patterns of behavior that weren't necessarily appropriate to have in a relationship, like jealousy, um, anger, uh, like argument, like yelling arguments, like things that just aren't healthy for us at all, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and that is a maladaptive response. Any sort of responding to a situation that is abrupt and like powerful. Um, so this article specifically uses the example that a person may respond with anger at genuine care or concern because as a child, he or she was offered caring or concern followed by a violation. Automatically responding to caring or concern with anger, even when there is no violation, becomes the unhealthy response. So this is kind of like very scientific sounding. Um, so by violation, they just mean like something that occurred that was inappropriate. Um, But so maladaptive behavior often reoccurs when, you know, we're so used to, our mind is so trained to react a certain way. And then when we are in a different circumstance, we react that way that we have been previously previously exposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I was saying like with my past relationship, so if I took some of those actions and then brought them with my relationship with Jack, that would be maladaptive behaviors. And I definitely found that in myself a little bit at first. I mean, we've been dating for a while now. It's been four years. So I obviously have new patterns of behavior that I am more comfortable with. But at the beginning, it was hard for me to let go of old patterns of behavior. So, you know, um, feeling that jealousy, even though Jack has never done anything to me or has ever, never made me feel like I needed to be jealous, but I was trained to believe that that's how life is supposed to go and that's how you're supposed to feel in a relationship. So that was kind of my go-to reaction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What you've trained your mind to do over however many years. Right, exactly. It's difficult to kind of stop that cycle. Yes, 100%. It's really difficult. Yes, it's so difficult. So that's maladaptive. Then we move on to complex, which is also reactive. So this is an emotional response when a different emotion occurs after the first emotion. So reactive emotions can be escalations of a primary emotion response. We can feel angry about being angry, afraid of our fear, or sad about our sadness. So I feel like that's kind of what Rachel and I are going through tonight. Like we're annoyed that we're feeling anxious. We're anxious about being anxious or um, we're sad that we're feeling like sad and anxious or whatever. Uh, So reactive emotions can be a defense against our primary emotions, such as feeling anger to avoid sadness or fear to avoid anger. Mm -hmm. Reactive emotions are defense against feeling the deeper, more painful emotions that we are afraid to see and process. We can explore these defensive emotions gently in therapy to see and heal what is underneath. And this is so important, so, so important that if any of you are listening and you're like, wow, I feel that often. Like I often wake up and I'm feeling anxious and I'm anxious about being anxious. I hear that all the time from my friends. Like, oh my God, I'm so anxious that I'm anxious right now. Or, oh my God, I'm so mad that I'm mad. And it's so important to talk these things through with a professional and go to therapy no matter if you're happy or sad because these emotions do arise all the time because life is life and it's going to throw curveballs at you all the time. So obviously when we're on a high and we're doing really well and we're experiencing a lot of um, self-discovery and really great progress within ourselves and then we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, we're even more mad 
yeah. at, with those emotions because we're like, I was doing so well. So that's another reason why it's so important to see a therapist or um, so important to be in tune with your emotions and allow yourself to feel the feels. A lot of people um, don't like therapy, which I think everybody should try it, but I understand that. I understand how it can be aversive to a lot of people. Um, and if that's your case, that's totally cool. But find some things that you know make you feel really good even when you're in a funk and allow yourself to feel those feelings still. But do those extra things for yourself in those moments that you know will help. Like Rachel and I were saying earlier, like we kind of set our space up a little bit tonight to like make us feel more therapeutic and like better. Um, when, when we're feeling this way and we record together, I feel like being together allows us to kind of feel better without even realizing it. Like we're like, oh, I feel I feel better that I just was able to bounce my emotions off of you and talk through it. Um, but when we're recording virtually and we feel this way, I feel like it almost causes even more anxiety because we're like, oh, now I don't even get this outlet. Like now I'm anxious. Now I have to set up my space. Now I have to do this. Um, So, you know, we kind of both took an extra couple of minutes and made our space like pleasant so that we would have a good experience tonight. So that's your reactive response. The last one is instrumental or manipulative emotional responding. So these are experienced and expressed when we learn that our positive or negative emotions have an effect on others. We might express emotions to get someone to pay attention to us, to get them to do something for us, to approve us, or perhaps most often just not to disapprove of us. Instrumental emotion responses can be consciously intended or unconsciously learned in childhood. Some examples are parents will always say crocodile tears, which is like... Mm -hmm. You know, kids are just pretty much having like a fit. Yeah, um, a temper tantrum. Right, which is instrumental sadness. Bullying, which is instrumental anger. Crying wolf, which is instrumental fear. And fiend embarrassment, which is instrumental shame. So instrumental emotion – instrumental emotional responses can be explored in therapy in order to increase awareness of their interpersonal function and or the associated gain. Um, I definitely experienced a lot of instrumental emotional responding as like a preteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like obviously growing up with multiple siblings, which Rachel, I'm sure you can speak on this. It, it's it's like you don't realize that you want the attention, but sometimes you want the attention and you seek yeah. it out in ways that like even as a kid, I remember my parents being like, "You, you what do you need attention? And I would be like, no, I don't want any attention from you. But deep down, like that is what I was needing. I was acting out and doing things that were completely ridiculous. And it was like, well, what what other reason would I be doing that for? You know, I didn't get to see um, – I didn't get to spend one-on-one time with my mom and dad for like two weeks or something. Like whatever that underlying issue was that I was going through, I was acting out in ways that were like kind of odd, like not necessarily like bullying, but maybe like being like just being like fresh at school or something or um, going to the office and saying I didn't feel good when I was fine, like things like that. Um, And like this is saying, like therapy really does bring that out in you. I remember my parents sending me to therapy when I was in sixth grade and I was like, this is crazy. Like, why am I go- like thinking like I must be crazy if I'm going to therapy? And I remember like her slowly being able to pull all of these things out of me and um, kind of explain this to me in you know a child's terms. And it helped me so much. I like highly suggest if anyone has kids and is listening to this as your kids get older, like it's not a bad thing to send your kids to therapy ever because it can it can avoid a lot of 
lingering issues that happen as you get older. Like being a kid is tough. It is. It is really tough. You know what they should have is like, you know how you have like guidance counselors yeah. in school, which I feel like, no offense, like, I mean, I never really had a very helpful guidance counselor in my experience in school. Yeah. Some people may have, but I mean, the, uh, the ones I've ever had, I couldn't even tell you their names. I have no idea who they were. Yeah. Um, but like it really sh- like therapy should just be something that's like normalized for younger kids so that when you're a young adult or an adult, you don't have I feel like just people have a lot of shame in mm-hmm. regarding um, therapy, but they should seriously have like therapists in school and like make it mandatory almost. Absolutely. Like, you have to go once a week and you like get to be pulled out of a class for like 30 minutes or something like that and every kid should have to see one Mm -hmm. and it's it's i think sometimes there's such like a negative approach on it because um people will be like well i have nothing to talk about or my child has nothing to talk about they feel uncomfortable they feel like they're being like things are being pulled out of them and i can understand that approach because i think that therapists are trained to listen rather than speak a lot um and obviously they have so much knowledge and they have a huge background of information that they are completely um what's the word they're they're professional so they they know what they're talking about um but a lot of the times that is the case. You go into a session and the therapist is like, okay, what's up? And you just talk. Um, but I think in a, you're, you're so right with saying it would be really beneficial for kids to go in um, just for a half an hour a day because even if they were able to learn something like this, like teach them something. It doesn't need to be that they come and they spill their guts to you. You can teach them about emotional responding. I think it would be so cool to do a lesson with young kids, like in elementary school and middle school, and do lessons each week, like in health class or something, about mental and emotional responding and mental feelings and emotional feelings and all of the things because – it's so important. And to be able to like gauge that as a child and a young adult is so cool to know how you're feeling, to know which category you're falling under with your responding. Like I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that till grad school. Like literally. Exactly. I had no idea. And I, I couldn't understand why I was so mad about being mad or why I was so stressed about um, like waking up on the wrong side of the bed or why I was responding to a situation with such anger that didn't really even anger me that much in hindsight. But it was like that's something that I was obviously privy to and I had learned within myself and taken out through my life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that mental health and like emotional well-being and how to manage your emotions and everything is something that's not spoken about nearly enough um with younger kids and i know that like younger kids are obviously still like developing and their brain is still whatever and like they're not able to like completely comprehend everything that we can sit here and comprehend right now but like just s- introducing those things into their lives earlier like little by little i would make a massive difference. I don't, I don't know. I know. It really would. Yeah, it really would. You're so right. And I think that it's being pushed more now in this day and age. Um, I think a lot more people are understanding that and a lot more people are aware that 
the world is heavy. No matter which generation you grew up in, the world is heavy. And I think that's something that is harder for the older generation to understand. Like they're like, you guys have no idea. Like you guys have it so good. You have technology, you have all these things. And it's like, the more that you add to life, the heavier it gets. Mm -hmm. Like weight, weight doesn't, weight doesn't go down when you add. That doesn't make sense. And that's kind of how I look at everything with life. It's like, okay, so yeah, now we have technology. Now we also have social media and we have online bullying. Yeah, we have, um, you know, I don't know, like like a lot of parents will say like weed was never legal. Like you guys can just smoke joints and be calm. It's like, yeah, but with that comes so many other things. Like now parents and families are having to worry about, I don't know, like laziness and all these other things, you know, like there's always, and I'm not saying I'm against weed. I'm definitely for it, but there's always something negative that comes with added weight always. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the world is always going to be heavy no matter what, when it is, if it's 2021 or it's 1980, it's always, there's always going to be something that is causing stress. Um, life throws, like I said, curveballs at us all the time. And it is so important for kids to learn at a young age that these things happen. I feel like parents try, like, for example, I have this family that I see um, that they don't allow certain words in the house. Like you can't say the word stressed in the house and there's something else. I forget the other word. Um, And I wouldn't really necessarily say those words around kids anyways. But then when I think about it, I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. They should know what it feels like to be stressed. They should know that word because kids feel stressed. I remember as a child feeling stressed and I might not have known that word and been able to be like, mom, I'm stressed. But I remember literally like my heart beating out of my chest going into like first grade being like, oh my God, I think my mom forgot to pack this folder in my bag or like, oh my God, like I, I don't have my lunch today. Like, like you're stressed, you know, like that happens. Um, and I think it's important for kids to understand that instead of just being like, we don't want to talk about negative things around them or we don't want them to bear the heavy weight. Like they have the rest of their lives for that. And I agree with that to an extent, but I think it's important to educate. You don't need yeah. to, they don't need to bear the weight yet, but they need to be educated on it so that when they do feel those emotions, because it hits people at all different ages. You know, of course, yeah, and like um, I can't imagine like not knowing, like what stress was, and then being like hit with it out of nowhere. Like I would think I was like dying. It's like getting your period if a, if yes. your mom doesn't tell you what it is. Yes, that's so true. You know, like can you imagine if all of a sudden you get your period and you're like thirteen and you had no idea? That would be absolutely mortifying. Yeah, definitely. That's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And I remember too, like I was really young when I got my period. I was in fourth grade, which is very, very young. Um, And I remember my mom telling me about it. Like she must have known. I feel like moms just know um, like when it's coming. And she must have known just like from my development as a young child. She was probably like, wow, she's developing like kind of quick. And I'm sure my doctor would tell her. Um, And I remember her talking to me about it before it happened and me being like, what the heck? Because I was so young, you know? Mm-hmm. And at, at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom is talking to me about like crazy things. Like that is so crazy. <laughs> like thinking it was so inappropriate. And I'm so thankful she did because I would have been absolutely horrified if I got it and had no idea what it was. Like, I don't know. I, I just, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. And I think it's really important to 
be open with your kids. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I don't have kids of my own, so I'm not going to like preach about parenting. But um, any kid that you like surrounds you, and you don't have to be open with them in the sense of like telling them how you're feeling and um, projecting all of your negative feelings onto them by any means. But having open and honest conversations with them is so important. Like I, I hear a lot about um, like teacher and student conversations, and from I have a lot of teacher friends and. It's so interesting to hear how different personalities and different teaching styles react to certain things when kids come to them with like concerns or um, worries or stress. And, you know, some teachers really like to sit down and talk to the kids about it. I I see that on TikTok a lot with a lot of the teachers that like share um, like a lot of their teacher world stuff on TikTok. And I think that's such a cool style of teaching. I know it's not for everybody, but I think it's so important because a lot of kids don't have the, that kind of support at home too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, I think the the important part about emotional responding is to understand that you need to take a minute. And I don't mean like you sit there and you don't answer somebody, but being able to say, and Rachel, I'll let you share your story about your mom that you shared with us in our book club meeting, because I think that's a really important story for everybody to hear. Um, take Being able to say out loud to whoever it is that you are with, having a conversation with that you need to like chill for a second in your, in your conversation, being able to sit there and be like, hey, like I need a minute like I just need to like f- process my emotions real quick. Like I'm feeling a little off right now and like I promise I'll respond to you in a second. I just need to like sit for a second. Because yeah. if someone can't respect that time, like that's a them problem. It's not a you problem. And yeah, it, it's way better. You're way better off having that conversation than being like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to talk to you, you know? So it's it's like pick – you got to pick your battles. So do you want to share your little your little sitch? Yeah, definitely. So one thing, so we had our um, Think Like a Monk book club Zoom meeting last night. Um, And one of the things that all of us kind of really resonated with that Jay had said in the book was that instead of saying that you are an emotion, like I am angry, you say I'm feeling angry um, or like I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling anxious um, because when you if you really think about it and now that I've like read that and I've been trying to be more conscious of it like I've noticed such a huge difference because instead of saying like I am anxious or I am angry I feel like you really just you like connect with that emotion even more and you kind of I notice that I hold on to it for a lot longer time than if I acknowledge the emotion itself as just an emotion and not who I am as a person um so we were talking about that in the book club um one of my cousins who is in the book club was on um the zoom as well and we were talking about how we grew we definitely grew up in a family that's very reactive with their emotions um and how that shaped us and how that shaped how we've reacted to um our emotions as well over the years and how we're trying to change that now um yeah so i had just come home and i was in a kind of nasty mood and just kind of wanted to be alone in my own thoughts Um, And like any other mom out there, my mom was asking me a million questions and I just really wasn't in a mindset to be able to answer those questions positively or really just willingly at all. I was really irritated. So I 
said to, I just said to her, like, you know, mom, like I'm really, these are something I want to answer all these questions for you. I want to have this conversation, but I just can't right now. I just need some time for myself right now, but like, we'll have this conversation at another time. And she responded back to me with the same respect that I responded to her with and was just like, you know what, that's fine. No problem. We'll have this conversation later. And that was like a really big thing for me. And I remember my brother was sitting at the table too. And he was like, wow, mom, that was good. And I was <laughs> like, it, but it's so true. Like we all, we are just a very reactive family. Um, and that, that's something that we've really been trying to work on. And it was really nice seeing that like I was able to take, I was able to verbalize my emotions and my feelings and successfully um, communicate them to her. And she was able to respond back to me in a like respectful way and everything. And like, you know, even like a year ago from here, like that conversation probably would have gone a lot differently. Like I would probably would have like stormed off or just ignored her and just was like, whatever, like, I'm just not going to talk to you right now. I'm just going to literally stand here and ignore you because that's something that I tend to do at times, which is not good either. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's definitely hard and I'm definitely not perfect at it. Like I said this morning, like I def I woke up late in a bad mood and I immediately turned that around on Connor and, but just being able to recognize it and verbalize that, you know what, that's, this is what actually was going on. And like, I apologize if you're, if, if it's affecting someone else, I apologize for reacting in that way. Like, this is why I reacted that way. And just being able to like own it, I guess I would say is the most important thing. Absolutely. I totally agree. I love that story because I feel like it's so important, especially when it's embedded in our um, upbringing. I think that is a big thing that I was also exposed to as a child and growing up with – I have three sisters, so you can imagine the hormone level in my home. Um, so we were all pretty reactive, I would say, besides my little sister, Shannon. She was very quiet and was not reactive and probably just because of how she saw all of us being so reactive. She was just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be like that. I think it probably made her nervous because we were mm -hmm. all so much older than her. Um but I can literally – I could think of a thousand different scenarios in which I was extremely reactive, whether it be with my siblings or with my parents, um, even up until like like the pandemic hit until last year. Um, I remember a situation where I was at my parents' house and I wasn't even living at home at the time. I was – had just moved in with Jack and you know we were all having a conversation and something in the conversation obviously triggered me and made me feel annoyed and I just like immediately shut down and was like we're leaving um and you know I used to be worse I used to like yell and say things if something aggravated me like I would be like shut up like don't say that um and as I got as I got older I realized that that's just like not appropriate anymore and I'm upsetting my parents by doing that so I would just leave. And I thought that that was the better response because I'm like, well, I'm not saying anything harmful. I'm not doing anything mean. I'm just leaving. But that's not okay either. And that affects a lot of people when you do that. And allowing yourself to have that conversation with someone is hard. And being able to say, hey, 
I don't want to talk right now is not an easy conversation ever because you don't know how the other person's going to take it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to remember that no matter how they respond, what you're doing is what you need to do for you. And that is totally okay. What you're doing is not wrong. It is not inappropriate. It's actually quite the opposite. And if that person reacts in a negative way and they're like, well, screw you. I don't want to talk to you later because sometimes that'll happen. That's okay. That's their response in that moment and let them feel that and let them have that moment, but know that it's not a like it's not a projection of you. It's a projection of themselves. Is that the right word? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, and like you were saying like how Eli was like, "Wow, mom, that was so good." Imagine how the rest of your day in that entire environment would have been if your mom had reacted differently, you know? Exactly. It really does make or break your day. And it's something that's so small too. And like, and it, like we said, it's very difficult, but it really is just like so small, like taking that extra second to just be like, all right, what am I going to do here? Like, what is the best way to go about this? Am I actually angry or like actually upset about this situation? Or is that just like my initial like reaction to hearing it or like experiencing it? And once you sit with, I feel like a lot of things, like once you sit with things, you're like, all right, no, like, like, for example, like stupid little things that happen in your like relationships on a daily basis, like Connor like left the tooth ca- toothpaste cap off and there's like toothpaste everywhere but I, that's not even something he would do so that's a terrible example <laughs> it's like so clean um but you know what i mean like stupid little fights i always say like i'm such a huge believer in like pick your battles mm-hmm. um but i feel like it's so easy to especially if you're already having like an underlying like anxious day or something like that have those like having those little things like set you off um, and I feel like it, the, it happens mostly in like romantic relationships and you're, you find yourself like screaming at your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever it is over like the stupidest, smallest thing that you actually don't really care about at all, but you're just, you haven't processed all the other emotions that you are feeling before that situation happened and then that one last thing was like the straw that broke the camel's back and now you're screaming at your boyfriend because he like ate your leftovers or something and you're like if you were to sit for that with sit with that thought for like an extra couple of seconds it probably wouldn't make you that angry um but that just goes to show too like just being able to communicate your feelings throughout the day as well and like i feel like it's really important too to almost um kind of have like check-ins with yourself throughout the day and think to yourself like how i've been how have i been feeling today how am i how have i been reacting to the situations today is there anything i can do right now to like change my my mood around or whatever because that will set you up for success for throughout the day and it won't let things build up as much as sometimes they we let them do um so that we don't kind of get to that point where we hit like a breaking point yes i totally agree with that i feel like 
it's really important to take the extra time to kind of process what we're feeling and be able to respond to it in a manner that is appropriate and find little things that we can do to turn our days around when someone's response to how we're feeling or someone's response to our responding is not the way that we wanted it to go. Um, Because, you know, at the end of the day, we can't control anyone else in their responding or anyone else in any actions that they do. All we can do is control ourselves. Um, But I think like really focusing on not taking things so personally is a big piece of emotional responding as well. Um, Because after all, I know everything that has to do with your emotions is personal and I think we all kind of react really quickly because life is so fast-paced, especially these days, and we don't all give ourselves that extra minute to sit and, like, evaluate, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's so, like, it's so much more beneficial when you can do it when you can kind of sit there and evaluate like how you're feeling and what you've been thinking and feeling and whatever um, at different points throughout the day, because I feel like we wait until we feel like we're on like the like edge of a mental breakdown Mm -hmm. to be able to, to sit down and be like, okay, I really need to like process my emotions right now. And I feel like I find myself doing that a lot. And I'm like, at the point where I'm like freaking out and I'm like, oh my God, I need to stop and sit. Like, what is happening? Why am I feeling like this when I should have been doing it throughout the week or throughout the day so that I didn't let it get to that point? Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And I feel like it's obviously hard to like take every, we're all such busy people, like, but to take that, like, even just like a minute out of your day to just sit there and think to yourself, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then just accept it and move on with the rest of your day and just like trying to do it throughout the day so that it doesn't build up so much. Um, But I mean, obviously easier said than done, but something that you can definitely work on. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it's really important to hold that point when we're talking about those complex emotional responses, the reactive emotional responses, um, which has been something that I have shared a lot on Blissful Love and with you, Rachel, about – wanting to work on that because so what what happens with a reactive response is you are faced with a situation so let's pretend that you are driving to work and you get a text from a friend and your friend is like hey so i've been thinking i feel like our friendship isn't really doing it for me anymore i just don't think we should be friends obviously with a situation like this you would feel sadness Mm-hmm. However, the way that you react might come out as anger. Yeah. So you might go to work and you get to work and you're like, I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to do this today. I don't even care about work today. Like, screw her, screw this, screw that. Yeah. But if you just sat with yourself for a minute and allowed yourself to feel, like Rachel was just saying, you allow yourself to feel that sadness. Like, I am allowed to be sad. This situation that just occurred is sad mm-hmm. and that's it. Be sad and that's it and then move on from it. Yep. Instead, we we start twisting inside and we come up with this actually like very complex reactive emotion that was not – it actually took you more work to 
come up with that angry response Mm -hmm. than it would have if you just left it alone because emotional responding is a lot of work in every aspect. Um, I just wanted to make sure you could still hear me. (laughs) We're having a lot of technical difficulties tonight, guys. Um, But it's a lot of work. It's like you have to take the extra time all the time to think about your responses. And especially once you start like learning about um, emotional responding and all the different the different um, pieces of it, you start becoming more aware and in tune with how you are feeling and how you want to react to situations. And then sometimes it can be disheartening because you're like, oh, I wish I reacted to that situation better. But life is a learning a learning process in every single stage and every single step. And we can always learn from every situation. Like I have situations where I've had conflicts with others and I'm like, wow, I really responded very well to that person. I feel like I took the time to think about it. I didn't react in a defensive um, manner. I was very calm and I really thought through my response. I made sure that I was um, responding with empathy towards this person's feelings and I made sure that I was hearing them out and I made sure that I was respectful. But then when you think about it later on, you know, after the situation is long gone, um, I am like, oh, I could have responded even differently than that. Like I could have done this and I could have done that. So it's like you can always say that about every situation. So really try not to be too hard on yourself about your responding because we're human. And of course, there's going to be days where we blow up at a situation or there's going to be days where we do just not say anything back to our moms when they're asking us a million questions. And that's okay. And, you know, we're going to face that. But we have to try to – be more aware of our responding and how we're wh- which one we're choosing. Um, that way, we can grow and develop and become better and stronger in that area. Because it is it is easier as you learn to manipulate it. So, kind of what I mean by that is like the more practice that you do with emotional responding and the more time that you take in between responding and being reactive, the easier it gets when you are practicing love and propelling your love all the time, it is easier to react to somebody in a situation that might be annoying to you and just be like, that's okay, no worries, because we're constantly practicing that feeling and that projection of love. Mm -hmm. But if we're constantly surrounding ourselves with people who are negative and talking about other people and um, complaining about their days and complaining about people at work and complaining about their friends and complaining about their significant other, we tend to react in a very defensive and angry way towards many things in our life. And it might not always seem angry, but even like if you call a friend and they tell you a story and you're just like, oh, cool. Like even that is a reaction that's like – that's a negative reaction. Mm -hmm. Like you're not fully giving this person your attention. You're not reacting in a way that is like fruitful for them. Like it's it's so important to know emotional responding, practice it, but also surround yourself with people who are doing the same. Yep, definitely. And it can be hard for sure. Hard. It is hard, especially because other people's – emotions and how they present themselves and like just the vibes that they give off really do especially if you're an empath like Dev and I both are you really are so highly affected by those those energies um and so trying to surround yourself with people that are willing to not filter but willing to 
take a step back and respond in an appropriate way is hard. It's hard to find people that are at that point where they're conscious of this topic as well. Um, I think that it's something that you really need to kind of be open about um, and kind of explain to especially anyone in your life that isn't going anywhere, anyone that you have like a serious relationship with, make sure that they know that this is something that you're trying to work on and trying to better yourself at so that they're more receptive to it in the moment as well. Um, Because I feel like there's nothing worse than when you're really trying to work on how you are reacting to whatever someone's saying to you and they give you like, the complete opposite response of what you were like hoping for or looking for. And you're just like, what the hell? Why the heck am I even trying then? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like that happens so often and you're just like, it sets you back so much. Cause you're just like, well, that was pointless. Like I put all this thought and effort into this response and I'm getting like a, basically like a K back <laughs> in real life. And you're like, what the hell? Yes. So absolutely. But I think that so I feel like when I first started trying to really think of this, think in this way and be more conscious of how I respond to people, um, I didn't really express to people that that's what I was something I was working on. Um, And once I did end up kind of expressing that to people, I feel like my responsive responses from people have been a lot better. um, And just like a lot more thoughtful almost Mm. um and I mean obviously not every time or every day but I definitely have noticed a way noticed a change in the way that the people who I surround myself with respond to me as well yes yeah that's a really good point and it can be hard sometimes too when we're on the other side of this where um we are a very reactive person and we're somebody who has a hard time um not being reactive. And um, I definitely noticed my reactivity and how heightened it was when I first started dating Jack. Like I was saying earlier, um, Jack is extremely passive and he is very kind and gentle and does not really nothing really makes him riled up um we've never really gotten into like a yelling fight or anything like that because it's just not him as a person like even if i was to yell at him like he would not give me that response back at all so navigating that was tough for me at first because when like rachel was saying when you're expecting a certain response whether it be positive or negative from somebody and it's not what you receive you're like kind of annoyed by it and i remember thinking like why won't he just fight with me like i'm mad at him like why isn't he mad at me back and in hindsight i mean i feel like we've grown so much in our adulthood together so that just like sounds so immature now but in hindsight obviously i'm like wow that was crazy But it's really not. It's really not crazy because when you – like I was saying, when you are – what's the word when you like constantly do something over and over again? Conditioned. When you're conditioned to a certain way, a certain way of life, a certain way of responding, a certain way of doing things, it's so hard to understand the other side of that. So it was really difficult for me to grasp and understand like – why don't these things make him mad? And it was making me mad that it wasn't making him mad. Like if we got into an argument about something that I felt like passionate about and he just – it wasn't that he wasn't seeing it. He was seeing it. It it was that he wasn't reacting the same way I was. I was like, why aren't you as angry as me? 
Yeah. And he would always say like, well, what does that do? What does me being angry with you do? Like I, and my mom and dad have always said from the start of Jack and I dating, like how thankful and grateful they are that I had him in my life because I truly believe that God, the universe, what have you sent him to me in times where I really needed him um, and not needed him like as a crutch or anything um, unhealthy like that in any means, but he really showed me a different side of life. Like he showed me a whole new view of things. And I really don't think I would be where I am right now if it wasn't for him. Because when you're in a serious relationship, like Rachel was saying, or you're in a very close friendship with somebody, or um, you have a really deep relationship with a a family member or a parent, um, and they are pushing you to be better or do better in any aspect of life. It is so eye-opening and it really was just a crazy eye-opening experience for me. Like I was so used to this maladaptive behavior and um, responding to things that made me mad in a way that was like, well, I'm mad, so I'm going to be madder now and I'm going to make you mad. Um, And when he never gave me any sort of like pushback and never reacted like he never matched my reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of allowed me to like step down and be like, okay, I need to like reevaluate how I'm acting because clearly he's not meeting me there. And, you know, we definitely had our difficulties navigating that because he would be like, okay, like we, you can't do this every time you're mad about something. Yeah. And it took a while for me to understand that. And I don't want you guys listening to think like I'm this crazy, like reactive person that was constantly yelling. It wasn't really that. It was more of like when I'm very comfortable with somebody, I, it's almost like I would show every single side of my emotion. Like even if I wasn't necessarily feeling mad, talking about it to that person that I was comfortable with was bringing out so much anger and negativity inside of me because it was what I knew. Um, But after being in a relationship with him for years and spending a lot of time with him and now we live together, so we do a lot together, um, I don't even feel that emotion at all anymore. Like things, of course, still make me upset, but I never feel angry about things like that anymore. Like I don't feel the need to like jump at somebody and be defensive. And there's still times obviously where I do feel like that defensive part of me coming out and the way that I react to it is so differently now. And it's really cool to see. It's really cool to watch within yourself. And, you know, if you don't keep a journal, I, Rachel and I highly, highly suggest keeping one because when I look through my journal from college, I'm like, holy shit. Like the progress that I have made is insane. Like it is, it's absolutely insane. Like the things I used to be so worried about and so stressed about and mad about that I would write about in my journal. It's like, that's not even on my radar anymore. I know, right? I wish I kept a journal in college so that I could look back on it so bad. Oh my yeah. God, I was an absolute nutcase. Yeah, and like I definitely wasn't consistent with my journal. Um, I tended to only go to it when I was at that heightened state. But honestly, for that, I'm kind of thankful because I'm like, wow, like knowing that I was that distraught about mm-hmm. this situation and how I feel when I'm like that distraught about anything now is it's like night and day. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's emotional responding is a lot. There's so much to it. It's very meaty, but I think it's a really important topic to talk about. It's a really important thing to understand within yourself. It's really important to understand it within the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could think about one of these that you feel like you connect to the most, Rachel, wh- which one do you think it is? Do you think like that you have an easier time with your reactivity 
now than you did like in your college years? Or do you feel like you still have to kind of like be very conscious of it still? Or do you feel like it's muscle muscle memory at this point? Yeah, I mean, so I feel like I have like two very polar opposite like reactions that I go to. I feel like I either completely just shut down when I'm faced with um, a situation that I don't like or whatever, um, an uncomfortable situation, I either just completely shut down and like can't speak, can't engage, like can't do anything, or I like lose my absolute shit. And I'm like, just spewing out things left and right, screaming, crying, whatever it is. Um, But I would say I'm that's the latter is definitely not as common. I usually my like first um, instinct is to really shut down. Um, And that's something that I've really struggled with for pretty much my whole life. But until this, I would say like within the last year really have been able to kind of kind of accept and focus on and work on and try to improve, which I think that I definitely have done. Um, But now I feel like since I'm like more comfortable sharing my feelings and um, being able to verbalize finally after years of never being able to do it, like verbalize my feelings, I find myself being a little bit more reactive at times and I'm like okay crap that's I still have to rein that in that's still not good that's just like the opposite of what I was just trying to do Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely kind of back and forth it's tough I don't let's I don't really know I I feel like you're very I feel like your emotional responding is very adaptive because I feel like even what you're saying with like the negative response like that can still be adaptive because you don't react in a way that's like harming anyone else in their energy yeah yeah I think that's definitely like I always thought of it too like I think back on growing up like whenever I was being like yelled at or getting in trouble for anything like I was very much someone that just like kept my mouth shut and like walked away and then like my brother Eli was very reactive and like he would like talk back and like yell back and like I remember like watching him do that like made me feel so uncomfortable and I was like oh my god like how do you do that like are you crazy like why are you acting like that and then like I I, like I said I I'm pretty sure we had mentioned on on last week's episode with him like I like res- I resented him for a lot of things like a lot of things I resented him for being able to rest and like feeling comfortable with rest and I resented him for being able to like verbalize his feelings more than I could mm. and I we fought a lot when we were growing up um and I a lot of those fights came from me being angry with him and being not, not not a very nice sister and stuff to him because I was almost like jealous and resentful of those abilities that he had. Um, but yeah, I think that also too, like with nursing, my job has just taught me to be very emotion, like aware of like how I respond to things um, because I every day at work am faced with things that make me really sad or make me really angry or whatever and you can't show that in front of your patients um well I mean you can but like you have to in certain situations you obviously can um and that's really hard but that's I think has really helped me kind of train 
my responsiveness as well because it's very it's a very important part of being a nurse and if you can't if you can't do that and you're a nurse I think you have a very difficult time um, and you end up having a lot of conflicts that you don't necessarily want to have um, so that's been big too but I mean still something that I'm working on on a daily basis for sure yeah absolutely we never really stop working on it and I think our jobs definitely play a big role in how we handle our emotional responses. Um, you know, if you're sitting at a desk all day and you, you have limited contact with others, um, our emotional responding is kind of absent for mm-hmm. the entire day. So when other situations come up in our lives that are stressful, we might react abruptly more often than ones that are going through the day in work all day long, whether it be an eight-hour shift, a 10-hour shift, a 12-hour shift, what have you, um, you're more exposed to those feelings and you have more opportunities to respond well Mm -hmm. um, and adaptively. And um, I also feel that way. I feel like a big part of my emotional responding, um, getting better and being more positive plays – from my job and having to, um, you know, kind of be more easygoing and more understanding and um, more laid back. I obviously, as all of you know, work with kids on the autism spectrum and there is different situations that happen every single day. There are things that are really hard. There are things that are really funny. There are things that are really stressful. There are things that are really sad. There are things that are really horrible. Um, You get hurt sometimes. Um, There's a lot of situations that come up. And you really, really, a huge part of our training is how our reactions and what we do. Um, It affects our clients. It affects the families that we work with. And it affects us. so it's definitely helped me too in that light. And that's a really good point that you made about work because sometimes I forget that, that I owe a lot of my emotional responding to work. Um, it has taught me so much like patience and kindness and love. And um, yeah, it's it's really important to use those skills in life and not just at work because, you know, those skills are amazing and they're important. And, you know, when – I think about this often when my friends call me about things that are stressful or something really horrible happened or somebody died or um, they're dealing with something traumatic and how I respond to them. I always try to be very positive and uplifting in the conversation. And I know that that can be really hard for people when they're trying to vent because they want you to just listen. Um, So Rachel's cousin actually last night made a really good point that I think is a really good point to end on tonight that we should all start to practice because it really helps our emotional responding is when you're having a conversation with somebody that you're really close to or somebody is coming to you with um, like negative things that are coming up in their life, not necessarily negative, but situations that are occurring that they want to just vent um, or if you're feeling that way, practicing, do you remember the exact quote that she said? Um, base. I can't remember the exact words, but basically, like, when someone is coming to you with an issue or like wanting to vent or have a conversation, like looking at that person and being like, "Do you need? Are you like looking for advice and suggestions and like like positive words and stuff from me right now, or are you just looking for someone to listen?" 
Yes. Basically, it was the idea of it. Yeah. And I, I loved that. Like, I think that's so important because I remember getting so frustrated when I would come home and be like, this happened, this happened, this happened to my dad or my mom. And they would be like, well, you're hot, you're healthy and you're home. And now you have a yummy dinner and, you know, life is good. And I would be like, just shut up. I just want to tell you what happened. And it's like, it's sad because they were always just trying to make me like see the bright side of life, of course, which is important. But Sometimes that is all somebody needs. Like they just need to unload that. And like we were saying to Rachel's cousin last night, like that's not that's not anyone's job. Like if they don't want to listen to that, like they don't have to. So I also think that's why that little prompt in that conversation is important as well because they can take that time to be like, hey, I can't do this right now. Like I'm dealing with some things going on with me and like I'm just not emotionally available for you right now. Mm-hmm. Um I would love to hear you hear you out, but unfortunately, I just can't at this moment. And like, we need to all be accepting of that when people say that. Um, yeah, definitely, which can also be really difficult, but it can really help friendships stay together, um, relationships stay together, family members can stay together. Um, it helps all of those all of those things flourish and thrive when we are open and honest about how we're feeling. One hundred percent. I think that's really important. Definitely helps um, avoid a lot of unneeded, like, conflict and negative conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty, guys. All right. (laughs) We We made it through a virtual episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry we had a couple interruptions. Hopefully the episode sounds seamless. We will see. But happy Thursday, guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Happy Thursday. Have a beautiful week, everyone. We will talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.